Thank you for listening to the Fort Stewart Chapel Next podcast. You can find out more about us by searching Fort Stewart Chapel Next on Facebook. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning, everybody. I'm Michael Oliver. I'm the lead pastor of Chapel Next and the Devarty Chaplain, and it is great to see all of you here, especially great to see some new faces, and I hope that you are blessed during this time of worship as we all strive right now to bless our God. Um, This morning, we're going to continue our sermon series on the promise fulfilled. And as you'll recall, when we kicked off the sermon series, the first thing we talked about was promise anticipation. Just as we're celebrating Christmas, the arrival of Jesus, we need to be prepared for when he comes again. And oh, by the way, since the army won yesterday, uh, that could be a sign that he's coming soon. So be ready, right? Then secondly, then we looked at the promised forerunners. We looked at, looked at specifically John the Baptist, but also look at the things in the Old Testament that were pointing to Jesus um, coming during this Christmas season. And today we are going to look at the promise identity, which spoiler alert, that promise identity is Jesus Christ. The scripture we're going to be looking at is Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 through 11. Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 through 11. Book of Matthew was written by God through the apostle Matthew. And where this text is very relevant for you and for me is that not only shows who Jesus is, but it shows that we as sinners, as frail people, have doubts. So read along with me. Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 through 11. Now when John, who's John the Baptist, heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, said to Jesus, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk and lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? And what did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, Those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Let's pray. Father, as we continue to worship, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be acceptable to your sight. I pray this sermon would glorify you, and I pray that we would be blessed and be further changed to become more like Jesus himself. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Theologians have a term that's probably very applicable to you. I know it's been applicable to me, and that is the term, the dark night of the soul. Throughout our Christian journey, there's going to be times where even as believers, we have doubt. I'm going to quote two people. I'm a Presbyterian guy, and, and one of the leaders in the Reformation was a guy named John Calvin. And he said this about doubt. For unbelief is so deeply rooted in our hearts, and we are so inclined to it, that without hard struggle is each one able to persuade himself of what all confess with the mouth, namely that God is faithful. When I was looking at other people who talked about doubt, ironically I also looked at recently what Pope Francis had said to a general audience in Rome. Francis said this, who among us, everybody, everybody, who among us has not experienced insecurity, loss, and even doubts on their journey of faith? Everyone. We've all experienced this. Me too. It is a part of the journey of faith. It is the part of our lives. This should not surprise us because we are all human beings marked by fragility and limitations. We are all weak. We all have limits. Do not panic. We all have them. Friends, the main point of this sermon is simply this. When we have doubt, we must remember Jesus' identity. When we have doubt, and to overcome that doubt, we must remember Jesus' identity. And we're going to look at four areas. We're going to look at the identity of John the Baptist. We're going to look at the doubt of John the Baptist. We're going to look at the identity of Jesus. And then we're going to look at how we apply these biblical truths to our lives. So let's look at the first area, the identity of John the Baptist. Who was he? Well, this text here in Matthew, two, uh, Matthew 11 tells us two things. One, it tells us John the Baptist was a prophet. Prophets are the mouthpieces of God. He, if I would submit to you, was the last prophet before the prophets of prophets, Jesus himself. Look at Matthew 11, verses 7 through 9. As the crowd went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in the king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet. And yes, I tell you, more than a prophet. As you'll call through other scriptures, John the Baptist was born, and his sole purpose was to prepare the way for Jesus. He's a prophet, and what was his prophet's mission? Look at verses 10 through the first part of 11. This is whom of he of whom it is written, and this is Malachi 3, 1. Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there is not arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. 
Now let's peel back that onion a little bit about John the Baptist. One, John the Baptist was actually a relative of Jesus Christ. Remember in the scripture how, how his mother, Elizabeth, was pregnant. And then when Mary came and told and stayed with them for a while, she said, I'm pregnant too. And remember what happened? John leaped for joy in his mother's womb. Fast forward in time, I can just imagine them as kids at, fath- at family gatherings. And maybe John was frustrated and said, why does Jesus win every time? You know, because he's God, all right? But he knew about Jesus. Think through when John baptized Jesus. He says, I'm not worthy to do this. Jesus said, no, baptize me. And remember what happened? The clouds parted and the voice of God the Father said, behold, this is my son who I am well pleased. John the Baptist saw all those things. He knew who Jesus was. Yet, even John the Baptist had doubt. Look at verses 2 and 3 of Matthew 11. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? I get comfort in scripture that Those who knew Jesus intimately, even at times, had doubt. And if you look at at all believers, and especially all leaders throughout Christendom, they all at some point had the experience of the dark night of the soul. You know, when you look at scripture and you read about the disciples who were there for three years with Jesus on his ministry, and I sometimes read that and like, how are these men so moronic? Don't they get it? But you and I would probably have done the same exact thing. Of all the disciples, because I'm a pragmatist by nature, I probably relate to Thomas. And remember Thomas, after he had seen everything that Jesus did, and after the crucifixion and the resurrection, he he wasn't there for the resurrection. He didn't immediately see Jesus. And the disciples came back and said, "We, we saw him. He's risen. He's alive. And remember what Thomas said? Thomas said this in John 20, verses 24 and 25. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Thomas had doubt. And if Thomas was one of the commissioned ambassadors of Christ, if he had doubt, you and I are going to experience doubt as well. But when we have that doubt, and that's the the joy of the Christmas season, we got to run to Jesus. And we got to look at Jesus' identity. And this text here in Matthew 11 gives us four traits about him. First of all, Jesus is 
the bearer of good news. Look at the latter part of verse five. And the poor have good news preached to them. That scripture is relevant to everyone in this room because we are all poor in our sinful spirit. Jesus is the bearer of good news and the poor have good news preached to them. He's not only the bearer of good news, he is the great healer. Look at the first part of verse five. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the death here. Jesus is the great physician. He is the great healer. And he did all those miracles when he came the first time to truly give testimony that I am God. He's the bearer of good news. He's the great healer. He is the life giver. Look at the latter part of verse 5. And the dead are raised up. Just as Jesus conquered death by raising after his crucifixion, we too who believe in him will raise up from death. He is the life giver. He's the bearer of good news. He's the great healer. He's the life giver. And all those things demonstrate that he is the proof provider. Look at verse 4. And Jesus answered them, go and tell John what you hear and see. He is the proof provider. Why do you think Jesus had 12 disciples? Yes, it was to kick off his ministry on earth, but also to provide eyewitness testimony that he is who he says he is. He is the God man. Jesus healed a lot of people, and we see that in scriptures. But one of my favorite encounters is in Mark 9. And Mark 9, as you will recall, a man had a son, and his son was demon-possessed and left his son mute. And the demon was trying to kill his son. And so the man brought his son to Jesus. And listen to what he says in verse 21 through 24 of Mark. And Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? How long has this been happening to your son? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if I can, all things are possible for one who believes. And I love this reaction of the man. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And what did Jesus do? He healed the son. And that one example Jesus shows for the 10th billion time He's the bearer of good news. He's the great healer. He's the life giver. And he's the proof provider. So how do we apply 
what we've seen here in this text to our lives. And I'm going to give you three applications. The first application is just as we looked at John's identity of being a prophet and he had his prophet's mission, we got to know our identity and what is our identity as, as believers, as Christians. Well, we got two sides to ourselves. We got the, the bad side. We're sinful, meaning we're imperfect. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. When churches throughout the world get together for worship, and when this chapel service gets together in worship, we are a collection of sinners. We are a hospital for sinners. We all have a bad side to ourselves. But if we're saved, if we believe, if we have faith in Jesus, we also have a good side to ourselves. And that is, we are saved. Look at the latter part of Matthew 11, verse 11. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he, meaning John the Baptist. Meaning this, when we're saved, when we're in glory, we are greater than any human being this side of glory. Why? Because we are made righteous, we are made perfect, we are seeing Jesus face to face. So we all have the two sides the bad side of ourselves and the good side of ourselves. What should be our mission as believers? Our mission should be share the Savior with others. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20 is the Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always. Talk about a way to release our doubt. Behold, I am with you always till the end of the age. Christmas, we celebrate the fact that Jesus, the Messiah, came to save sinful humanity. And as believers who have experienced the salvation, we are to share the saviors with others. Second application, we have to be realistic about doubt. Just because you have doubt does not believe, does not mean that you are not a believer. This side of glory, you're imperfect. Look at Matthew 11, verse 6. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Now that's, that's a weird verse because it's basically saying, blessed is anyone who doesn't see me, Jesus, as a stumbling block. And we are blessed when we don't see Jesus as a stumbling block. So when we have that doubt, for every one time we look at our doubt, we need to look 10 times to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Not only to be realistic about our doubt, and finally the third application, know Jesus' identity. Know it. And in Christmas, what do we celebrate? We celebrate the fact that he is the Messiah. He is the Savior. When Jesus was kicking off his ministry and starting to go ahead and recruit his disciples, I love the encounter that he had with Andrew and Peter. And John 1, verses 40 through 42 says this, 
And one of the two who heard John the Baptist speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He was found, he, he first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus and Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John, you shall be called Caiaphas, which means Peter. What I love about what Andrew says, he says, we have found the Messiah. We have found the Christ. If you are a believer, you have found the Messiah because you know him as the Savior. You know him as the Christ. Friends, as we start at the beginning of this sermon, we're all at some point, if you haven't already experienced, going to experience the dark night of the soul. We're going to experience times of doubt. But when we have doubt, we must remember the ident Jesus' identity. And we saw how John the Baptist was a prophet. And he had a prophet's mission. He was a relative of Jesus, but even John the Baptist had doubt. And when we see those doubts, we've got to look to Jesus and remember he is the bearer of good news. He's the great healer. He is the life giver. He is the proof provider. We've got to know who we are. We're sinful, but yet we're saved. We're to share the saviors with others. I love the story, which was true, of when Jesus met the Samaritan woman at the well. And the reason I love that story is because in biblical times, Samaritans and Jews were enemies. Where Samaria was, you had Jews live north and Jews live south, and they had an interstate that went all around Samaria so they didn't have to go through it. They weren't just enemies, they hated one another. And then here's Jesus at the well, at the well with this Samaritan woman asking for some water. And it kind of threw her off. And then they're talking. Remember how the story went? They're talking. And as they're talking, Jesus is asking more questions that reveals he knows all the intimate details of her life. And then what, do you remember what she said? She said, okay, time out. I perceive you are a prophet, right? It's like, duh, of course. But she had no idea who she was talking to. And then the conversation took a religious turn. And then in John chapter 4, verses 25 through 26, the Samaritan woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. And then remember what Jesus said? Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Friends, as we celebrate this Christmas season, Know that this person who came physically in this world was fully God and he became fully man. He is our Messiah. He is our Savior. And he will overcome all of our doubts if we focus our eyes on him. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for how it changes us. Thank you, Father, that you love us so much that you know we're going to have doubts but that Jesus ultimately is the author and perfecter of our faith. And one day we will never have doubts. 
and we will be with your, you and your people forever. Hasten that day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church family, let's please stand as we close in worship.